Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Buckler. I'm Chris Heine. And I'm Francesca Butchko. In this week's podcast, we are going to start in the lowest of low areas and work our way up to having tons of fun with all the wonderful festive things that we're going to do at the end of the year. So to start off our crawl up Hope Mountain, we will start by talking briefly about this article that Chris sent us. He actually sent it to us before we knew it was going to be possibly a hoax. But there was... Chris, tell me about this article. I don't know if I would call it a hoax, but it was basically an article written by... Oh, now I forgot the name of the band. It's a funny name. <laughs> like, I want to say it's Pamplemousse, but I know that's like it's French for like grapefruit. That. I'm actually looking at your LaCroix sparkling water. And oh, I am drinking Pamplemousse. Pample it, but, um, yeah. but it was basically written by a indie band who went on a tour, sold $100,000 worth in tickets, and then um, kind of put their financials online and said, look, at we basically did this tour and we lost $11,000 overall. Um, so it was basically kind of about um, how difficult it is to make a living even when you actually up, have the appearance of being successful outwardly, um, which was an interesting thing. And I think, I think that it is definitely something that whether or not this article was authentic or not, it doesn't really matter because I know that is definitely something that is a thing. But... Uh, immediately it had a response from other musicians who travel and they say, listen, you might not be able to live like a king, but you can definitely make it work and be successful with it. You know, just like breaking apart their um, kind of vague economics that they posted, they said you could start by not getting a hotel room for every individual member and you could also, you know, share living spaces and you could do this and you could do that. And they, and, and so I thought it was just an interesting contrast in kind of like understanding your ability to pull in income and making it work under that umbrella of what you consider to be a reasonable amount to spend. Um, it came out like a day later that that guy was like the owner of Patreon and it's possible that he was, it was kind of like a marketing stunt to advertise Patreon. I don't know. I kind of stopped following at that point, but I just thought it was either way. It was an interesting contrast. We were talking just a little bit about how that ties into our big conversation. We've talked about a couple of times before on the podcast about what it's like to do what you love and if that's even possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, you know, this is a big conversation because I talked with Andres for like a million years about it. He said, how do you, how do you do what you love? And I said, well, you do what you like and then you use that money to go and do the thing that you love. So in effect you are doing both you have a big opinion about that yeah i do i think that guy's a cat wait who the patreon guy but i i don't i just feel like he i think if he has if he really does have that many million dollars then he needs to shut up i don't know if he does have millions of dollars <laughs> he does they said in that article i don't know but i do I, I do think you do not make money doing things you love i think that if you do that is a happy happenstance that might happen it's not real there you go <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> the truth has been revealed to everyone <laughs> francesca's put down the truth uh, i don't think that i don't think that's a bad thing i think you should I don't do know. What, i think you should do what you love in your free time well I, I feel like it's related i feel like everything's related i feel like it's a giant circle of you have to do some of these things to do this other thing because yep. if you didn't do the first one you couldn't do the second one yeah. so you are doing what you love yeah but you're doing it also with some other thing that's okay as soon as it becomes a job you probably begin to love it less what no 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 okay i think that there's all these other Why? parts to to because well, as soon as you have to do it it is a lot less desirable and there's, Wait, there's why because somebody else made you do it 
or because somebody else has their hand in it or just because you have weird rules now fake rules from yourself because it's expectation there's that i also think don't tell me what to do if what you love to do is to draw you can't just draw and make a living you can't just sit in your room and draw you have to do a lot of other stuff if you want to make money well it comes along with like the marketing and this right and you also have to figure out how to apply that it's kind of like in product design most of your students go into it thinking oh yeah i know how to make a piece of art that goes on a t-shirt and what makes them good ultimately when they go through your class and they learn all that stuff is how do you take your artwork and make it make sense for a t-shirt and actually be cool yeah and so like you can't just sit and draw like that might be the fun part but you also need to learn about textiles and you need to understand printing yeah i also don't feel like just sitting and drawing is realistic i'm just gonna flat out say that no it isn't it is anybody's creative life is not just them sitting in a room drawing ever so anybody who thought that that was I'm just I'm just going to say it if we're going to say what we think. I don't think that ever is a realistic No, it's not. No. It's it isn't it isn't a real I mean, I thought that before I went to MCAT and I think probably a lot about of people halfway think through that, that they're like, how come people aren't just finding me in my studio right. and letting me do whatever I want to do? And exactly. you're like, wait a second, that's not how that works. Right. So that's I mean, that's why I don't think doing what you love is a practical statement. But it is still doing I mean, you just can't it's like it's like if you lived in my house and you never clean the cat box and you never did the dishes and you never did your laundry and then your cats peed on your laundry. Mm-hmm. You would not get to enjoy the fun parts about having cats or food or a house right. because if you didn't do the chores, you wouldn't have the rest of the stuff. So yeah, you can't no, I just agree. like, you don't, that's like what my mom used to say. She's like, you don't live in a hotel. I'm like, you are right. No one is coming in and doing all the dumb crap for me. So so you have, you have two options. You could either not do what you love and do the dishes, or you could decide that you love to do the dishes. Those are your options. You love or eating not. enough to do the dishes. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I think... No. Or you could love... I feel like you have like this 100% mentality that if you weren't doing exactly what you want to be doing every single minute of the day, then you are not doing what you love. For instance, doing the dishes. You have well, to do I don't the mind dishes, dishes in order to you have might a good be, meal. You might love cooking, and you could be a cook, and you could love your job every single day, but there's still going to be parts of your life... <laughs> In general, where you're going to have to take yeah. the SOS pad out well, if, for an I, hour. I mean, I, I actually, I mean, I even think it's even more complicated than that too, because also the problem and the thing you're talking about with Andres, I think you can do what you love. You you will have to do a lot of other stuff you don't want to do, and you also are going to have to sacrifice a lot of stuff like money. Well, that's in order why to, be able to do what you love. So it's not just. I think the percentage of doing things that you love, like the actual thing you love, you will you will give up. 98% of your life so you can do 2% of what you want to do. No. I think that's true. Wait, I don't think that don't is think a realistic. I th- I think percentage. it is. I think it is. I feel like if you if your number one priority was the thing that you love, mm-hmm. you would try every day to do a bigger percentage of that. And you'd try and be smarter about how you spent your time or how you got money to do that thing or how you you would make that like your priority to try and do more of it. Mm-hmm. however you possibly could if you really cared about it and if you didn't care about it then you wouldn't do all the hard stuff you just feel bad about it uh, maybe maybe it is true that ultimately you get to a place where you can do more of it but i don't think you start out that way no like, nobody think- gets to start out doing anything that they like mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody gets to do the, the the crust of the earth so that they can figure out how life works and then then you slowly have to be savvy about how you Get, get to do more if you if you if you really wanted to do something really bad mm-hmm. you would make every sacrifice to do it if you really cared about that thing 
you would drop everything, you drop everyone, you drop every single other extraneous thing, as long as it fed your number one goal. Mm-hmm. It's like when we were talking about Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he is a purist when it comes to what matters there. If you really cared, that's what you would do. But the, but the what about if you love doing something but you also care about other things like well, people th- that's what i mean yeah you can't that's i mean you if you have other priorities they will get in the way i'm not saying you shouldn't but i'm just saying that's why people can't complain too much about it because you that means you have two priorities mm-hmm. people and the thing that you love mm-hmm. and if taking care of your people is just as important i then, feel yeah i feel like course. if you only have one goal and that's your one goal then you are probably some sort of weird two-dimensional character from a movie or a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I, yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's you, like the whole balance of life thing. It's like nobody has one thing where they're like, this is the only thing that matters in life. And if this doesn't matter, then nothing matters. Because that's like how you make like a suicide bomber or something. No. I mean, and guess <laughs> yeah. what? That's how nothing works either. Because if you cut out, like we went to that, well, you guys went to that networking yeah. thing and I talked about it all weekend or whatever. But that networking thing was meant to be all networking things are meant to be a way to make things easier so people understand what you're trying to do it's kind of like seven of nine and she doesn't realize she has to eat because she didn't have to eat when she does she have to eat she has to eat now but she's like this is pointless what's the point of eating she eats it like a nutrition this is not efficient does she have to eat though she does now because she's a part human she's a human She's oh, a human with, nanoprobes. with some nanoprobes in her, but <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> so okay. part of her regenerates like the Borg, and part but she, of her. But she has a mind like a computer, so and like, then everything that, that she has to do that doesn't directly affect her efficiency, she considers a waste. Like talking mm-hmm. to the rest like of the talking to anybody or and making her relationships eating. easier, which would make her job easier, which would make her efficiency better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why going to networking <laughs> things even though nobody likes doing it, is also important because if you don't go, then the other part of your life is hard. That's why that's hard to pick and choose what you're supposed to be doing. But I feel like that stuff comes with trying to do the thing that you love. Yeah, well, maybe that's why you were saying that you don't like it when it becomes a job because the you get to choose to do the fun part on the side. Like you could just sit and draw and nobody's like stopping you. But you couldn't sustain that. yourself. No, but I mean, if if you didn't want it to become your job, if you just wanted to be able to do that and then not have to do all the other parts, because it does, like, and when you guys were talking about cooking, I have a couple friends who are chefs, and I would assume that every night they have, like, luxurious meals for dinner. I guarantee they don't. They don't. They never (laughs) do. They have, like, box pizza and stuff because (laughs) cooking like that is extremely expensive, so they don't have the materials. And also just because, like, the amount of time it takes so they will occasionally like on a very special occasion cook like that for themselves they probably only they do it for other people to. i bet too like dinner yeah parties and right stuff. they'll do it for that but then all the other times it's just like anybody else but because they don't have the funds to like sustain a giant elaborate dinner every night and also like that seems ridiculous but it's the same thing where like they have the ability to make something amazing but the time and the money and the, like, sacrifice to, like, do it every single day. So, I don't know. I think it applies, like, across the board for anyone who has, like, a passion. I was also mm-hmm. talking to Thomas from Meat Hall Games, who's, like, the a manager there. And he used to, and he still does, but he used to have, I think he had, like, 
five bands going at once. Yeah, he was... He had five bands. He managed a record label. He yeah, he was He did a show. He was a promoter. He did all sorts of stuff. And he was all music all the time. And then eventually he's like, I am not... This is not fun. I don't want to do... You know, like I'm too much music. And then he decided... He got involved with the guys at Meat Hall who owned Meat Hall. And he became a manager there. And then now he's like all games all the time. Mm-hmm. And he does his music in his free time. Mm-hmm. And right now I think it's so new to him that he's still like on a super high because he is loving every minute of his life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And eventually, eventually he'll probably, you know, maybe hit a, hit a wall on the loving the games part. But um, or he'll find something else that but he wants be, to do. But like moving away from his music was a way to, to uh, re- reinvigorate his yeah. love for it. And he also found another passion and he found something that he was equally passionate about. And now he... You know, he spends all of his time organizing tournaments and bringing people together and, and doing all sorts of cool stuff. And, and you know, I, think I don't think it's a healthy way of managing your interests, too, because if you if you have diverse things and ways to take breaks from the stuff that you love, you look forward to going back. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think people's um, idea of what a good thing to do changes over time anyway so it's not nobody is going to be like i just want to draw all day 24 7 a day and then start doing that and then 30 years later still be like i just want to draw 24 7 a day by then they would probably have moved on and maybe it's just on to other creative well that's the thing like different things like eventually people like people come into a job and they're like i just want to design all day long and then eventually they might want to move up to a position where they're more in a in a directorial role or something like that so that they aren't the one on the ground drawing, but they're the one making the decisions. I thought about that. I mean, when I was, when I was at my very first job, that's exactly what I thought. And I was like, why would anybody ever want to be? And I think we talked about this, Mm -hmm. a senior designer, because all you do is make decisions Mm -hmm. and think about stuff. And then you're like, Oh yeah, wait, besides just technically moving my mouse around for a long time. Now I'm making bigger choices. And the vision of what I'm thinking about is more interesting than me clicking around on the computer, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Maybe Which is the, why, like, the... drawing all day, if you like the exercise, I mean, it's a fun... Well, I think... Like, writing is fun, but if you have no... If if you were not working towards building a specific body of work, writing or art-wise, like, if you are working on a project, mm-hmm. your projects would be changing, and the act of drawing doesn't even matter at that point, because it's about all your ideas. Right. It's not like you're, like... It's all that conversation we talked about it about school, you know, mm-hmm. um, like when you're showing your portfolio, you expect people's work to be good. And so the technical part after a while, it's not about you improving your technique. Right. Well, it's about you improving your ideas after a while. You yeah. Know? Drawing is a super generalization because it could be a lot of things like draw- the act of drawing is mostly technical, but then there's also like. Are you creating things? Are you inventing things? Are you developing things? What, like, what kind of, are you making drawings? Or are you making, like, sketches for paintings? You know, like, there's... It's the idea part. Like, it's not even the drawing part. Right. Unless you're saying it's a drawing part. I think your people's ambitions also always kind of outstrip where they are. For instance, one of our artists and who we went to Iceland with, Sam Bosma, gets to do a lot of cool things. But he said he always has the problem of by the time he's working on the thing that he had wanted to do, he has moved on mentally and he wants to be doing something else. So he's always kind of fulfilling his goals, but then also being like, now I don't want to do this anymore, but I'm committed to, so right now he's committed to doing this full Mm -hmm. color comic book. Um, And he is kind of like moved on from that and he, he still has to fulfill it. And, and so I think, 
that is kind of like why you can never do what you love because you are always doing the things you love, but well, by the time you're doing them, maybe you want to do other well, things. Well, Francesca and I had a giant conversation about this last night about like practice and things, and I have a couple of friends who have different, like very different practices, but it's the same thing that I was saying. Like it's really hard, especially if you're not used to having like the freedom to make whatever kind of projects you want to like sit down and just start on something. But once you start in something like one piece gives you five more ideas and so that's where that comes from is you're like oh this and this would be much cooler if I was doing this right now or I need like a change of pace and so this other thing is better um but I have a friend that her studio practice is awesome and she did this while she was in school too it was like nine to five and that's it and I leave and I go home and after I go home I can do whatever I want I don't have to think about this anymore but everything she made was then smarter and it was also informed by like the world around her and not just like pushing Sitting in a like, hole and just yeah how and, like trying making, to come up with things yeah how was she making uh any money though she was a student the, well this was in school and oh, i mean okay. now she sells things online and um like participates in gallery shows and stuff but it's I, I don't know. It does. It's not like a money making venue. Right. A lot of. I mean, I, I guess but. I was saying as an artist, if you have like this nine to five working thing and as a student, maybe you can fill that all with working. But as soon as you mm-hmm. need to be producing money to like what chunk of that nine to five becomes the active thing of like selling your work and promoting yourself and all that kind of thing. Or does that become does the nine to five stay when you have to be making artwork and then five to eight becomes the promoting part or something like that or or um or does she just continually enforce that rule and just says, I have to figure out how to do everything I need to do yeah. for this in this time Well, in that's this what I was telling slot. Francesca. Like, that 9 to 5 was also taken up by classes or also taken up by other stuff. And so she is like, I either need to get smarter about the things that I'm making and the materials that I'm using and the concepts so it's more, like, concise and I can, like, go into the studio and make it and be done. Um, and so like having a direct plan before you walk in the door so that you're not just like fiddling around with stuff. Um, so I think she like continually got smarter and you could see it in her work. It was getting smarter, um, and like more clever every time she was doing a project because she had to make like the decision and cutting out all the fat and all the like extras, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, maybe, maybe now she would have time to like add in promoting and other things in place of class. But I don't know how most people manage all those things. It seems like it depends on I think most people just kind of go into the night, kind of. I think yeah. everybody it, goes it way longer than they think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the 9 to 5 theory is tricky. It I is. Think, I couldn't do it. No, unless somebody is paying you to sit there from 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. And then you're watching the clock at 4.50 waiting to go. <laughs> you don't. Because when yeah. you go home, you're like, I should be doing this and this and this. Because if I want to get anywhere faster... I should be working right now. I mean, I think you can have an awesome nine to five job that you don't just sit there and look at the clock because, yeah. I mean, a lot of jobs you have so much work to do that you don't have time but to I mean, sit and look at the clock. And especially if there are rules in place about not being able to work overtime, then people are forced to. You can enjoy your job even if you're getting paid by somebody else. I right. just mean that you don't go home thinking about how much you got to hawk your own stuff to people right. afterward. You probably can be like, I fulfilled my design quota and I enjoyed myself. Time for fun, you know, or art quota. Like, and that's perfectly fine. But I think if it was the other way, I think the freelance lifestyle or anybody who has like a personal practice that they're pushing, they work all night, every night. If yeah. they if they want to get anywhere fast, 
or anywhere slow, <laughs> anywhere at all. I think yeah. you are working on it all the time. If you want to not move backwards. If you <laughs> if you want to not move backwards. Because <laughs> I think that might just be the reality of what it is. And that's when you do all that weird stuff like promoting and trying to figure out where to put your work so that people can see it and you know how to infuse your work with interesting new concepts and all your research and all your stuff. You know, because sitting down and cranking something out is a long, time-intensive process also. But you can't do all that other stuff while you're working, working, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I can't listen to podcasts while I'm working, working, because I will stop working, <laughs> you know. Well, I can't listen to podcasts if I'm writing or something, but if I'm just drawing, I can. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just, for some reason, my brain just doesn't let me do those two things because then I get really into it. Speaking of things that nobody likes. Oh, No. Things no one likes. <laughs> Isn't that what we're... That's our podcast topic for today. Chris said something else. Chris. What? You know what I don't like? I don't like that one of my kittens is lost in our house. Yeah, I don't like that either. How does that even happen? He's scared. He might not small. be scared. Who knows? Maybe he's okay. Maybe he found himself. He's having a <laughs> Not metaphorically, quest. but He's actually. having like a, a moment somewhere. <laughs> he found himself. <laughs> He found so himself. Sad. He's not lost. He knows where he is. He's reading right now. He probably does know where he is, and he probably likes hiding wherever he is. But I mean, he's getting a little bit bigger too, right? He's not like as baby as he used to be. So Still he probably weird, can't though. fit in like the weirdest, littlest places. He can fit pretty much anywhere. He's, a small, he's pretty slim, small. Slim man. His head's probably too big. No, his, his head's, head's the really tiniest. Small. His head is really small. <laughs> Why is his head so small? His body. <laughs> he's so small. His it head is, is pinhead. Little, Most of that's ears, though, right? Most of his small head is ears. Yeah. So then his actual head is actually a dot smaller. It's a small dot. It's a pinhead. Pinhead. It's so tiny. But what were all the things that we don't like today? Well, that was that was a good one. Well, I think you have set the tone by your misfortune. So I take a I take a pottery class every now and again. And I started earlier this year and it was actually kind of this nice, speaking of extra fun things that infuse into your art practice. Uh, I've been taking the same class over and over. This is my fourth time taking it, I think. And... I actually started to branch out and make some new stuff, and I was getting really into it. Made some stuff for uh, Christmas presents and some personal stuff, and I went through like an entire big block of like 25-pound clay and did a second one, and I walked in today to go and find all my stuff because today is glazing day, and it was gone, and I was like, what? Where? Where's all my stuff? And I like looked around, and I looked underneath tables and in some weird shelves and on the normal shelves. And I couldn't find this giant stash of stuff. And then I was filled with both horror horror and rage at the same <sighs> time. And I was like, how could this be? And then that I, makes me, I'm really mad about that now. It I'm really mad about that. So sad. And I asked the really nice lady that's there. And she's a wonderful lady. And I said, excuse me. But he sounded like a poor <laughs> child. Like, I was so sad. I was like, would you happen to know where... Some extra pottery might be. And then a tear happened in my eye. And then she said, was there pink chalk on it? Because if there was pink chalk on it, it's in the dumpster. And I was like, oh See, my I, God, why? So is it, there's no way to like go in. I know I said this before, but can you go in the dumpster? I'm not sure what. I I feel like, like that would be a death is. trap because I feel like you would It just, probably would be a death trap. Yeah. It's like when you drop a glass in your house and you're not wearing any shoes. Yeah. I feel like that is like what would be like for your whole body inside a dumpster. Oh. Um, so I probably won't climb in there to try and find my pieces, but 
there were a lot of really fun things in there that I'm really kind of sad that are gone. I think it's frustrating because you made that stuff. You can't like just go and they can't just get you a new one. I know. It's really sad. Well, it's like, I mean, okay, so like a big, the, the actual cost was probably like 17 bucks. I think like a thing of clay is about Yeah, but that's not the money. actual cost. But yeah. that's not the cost. The cost it's is way the more work mo- you put it's into more, it. It's priceless. Ugh. Prices, I like know that feeling artifacts. when you lose something, when you lose something you're working on and that stomach sinking realization that it's That's gone. That's what it was. You were like, no. And then you're like, you know what? There's nothing I can do about this. Also, and then that's what I said to her. She's a really sweet lady. It wasn't her fault. Right. No, it wasn't her fault. She's like, I asked around and where it is. And I was like, okay, well, that's all right. I mean, I usually just make the same stuff over and over. So <laughs> I got a whole house of my old ones probably don't Did you tell her all new this? ones yeah because i was having like a breakdown <laughs> and i was like Meh. but i feel like it was one of those moments where i was like oh bummer now i i like came to this realization or realization i didn't have this stuff and then i also realized i didn't have a bunch of christmas presents for people and then i was like sad because i didn't even remember what i made but then that part kind of made me a little happy. Because otherwise you'd be more mad. Because you can't then I'd remember be more exactly mad. what you lost. Yeah, there's one thing that, that I can't talk about right now, just in case for some reason, because there's a second one that I did find. But there's a thing that I made that I was like, one of the two things that I did is here. That's good. But, That's sad. But yeah, so that was my super bummer day. But it came right after having the flu for whatever, however... 15 hours or whatever that I had the flu. And Chris, I blame you for that. I'm going to say that it was a remnant of a of a particle that was like floating around our house somewhere. One particle How left. How dare you? And then Lindsay <laughs> laid her head on it on the pillow and then it went into her brain. Yeah, and it went right into my brain and then I was like, ugh. But I, I didn't seem to give it to you guys. Which, I hope not. Yeah, no, Maybe I feel like you feel it. One particle is <laughs> like... Well, it's a very strange flu and I have no idea if it is the flu. Well, it was pretty, it felt like the flu with the nausea and the headaches and the chills and all that stuff. So the the day that I had the flu was the day I was supposed to teach digital illustration at MCAD. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I actually got woken up by Francesca. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> I was like, what a pleasant surprise. And I was like, hey, I've got a headache. Oh, God, my head hurts. And then... I was like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Except for I'm sure we talked about other things. I don't remember what it was exactly. I had to tell you about how I psychically predicted that. The oh, yeah. Color. The bad color. Which color. is good because that's, that's a good thing. I appreciate any psychic predictions. I hope people call me and tell me about because I feel like that's a thing I should hear about. And then after we got off the phone, I was like, I feel disgusting. And then I was like, uh-oh. Chris, you might need to teach my class. Or... I'm going to give Francesca a hundred bucks and she can go teach my class. And then Chris was like, and I said, definitely don't give Francesca a hundred bucks. I'll go do it. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, this is great, Chris, because you will be teaching next yep. year. Yeah. Yep. What's so that there, about? There perfect... also, there also was a student who, who we were doing, a, we were doing, um, I guess you'd call them speed paints. They weren't speed paints though, because I was teaching them about pixel art. So they were speed pixel things. Um, and, and they actually really got into it and they, they wanted more time to work on it. So I gave them more time because some of them had moved on to animating them. Some of them had moved on to doing a second or third piece. See, aren't they great? They're so good. Yeah. But then someone's crashed, their computer crashed and they like called me over. It was still on the screen, 
but they couldn't save it. So it was like one of those things where they had drawn this thing and it was a nice um, drawing with it even had like a background and everything. And she was like, my computer crashed and the service bureau told me that there's nothing I can do. I just had to restart it. So it was like, but it was still on the screen so you could like see it. And I was like, can you screen cap it or anything? And the computer wasn't responding at all. So So I took a picture of it with my cell phone. But I, I know that feeling where you're just like... I was I just working on this thing. for an hour and a half, and now it's gone, and I didn't save it, and blah, 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 so. Yeah. That's the worst. That is the worst. That person can't even climb in the dumpster and go and find it, even. Have That's- you ever done something where you've basically finished it and then had to completely do it all over again? Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a common theme in my Tools of the Trade class, where people are like, I didn't add color because I did all the black and white parts and it's perfect. And if I put a color on it, (laughs) I am going to wreck it. Yeah. And then you're like, you might wreck it, but you also might not wreck it. And then they're like, I don't know if I'm comforted by (laughs) what you just said. But I I understand that. Physical media. Yeah. Traditional media. So they could they could at least like document it before they're going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you can imagine the the terror that you'd have if you're like, I don't really use this very often. What happens if I wreck it now? And then, That's true. so I think a lot of people stop right there before they even try. But I think it, I think yeah, working in a medium a whole bunch, you get a little bit more confident with doing that. But I think a lot of people do. I know I know I am like that sometimes, where I'm like, it's pretty good how it is. It might go on to be great, but I also might ruin it. So I'll probably. I probably should stop, stop now. And I think yeah. that's probably a, a really bad habit to have. Just to stop? But if you document it then and you continue, I think it's fine because then you can always... Unless if your goal is to have uh, physical pieces to mm-hmm. maybe to sell oh, or something. Right. Yeah, we're talking about traditional media. Well, I think maybe that's why you paint acrylic because then you just paint it. Well, I mean, if it's digital, then it's super easy. You're just like, save this one. Just keep working have on it. Have you ever done pile. that? And probably this happened more in school than now, but traditional media... And you did go full force and did something really drastic because... And wreck everything? It's like when you flatten your Photoshop file and then you save it. You wrecked it it or made it better. I have definitely wrecked it. And I've probably made it better too. But I've I've wrecked plenty of things (laughs) in my day. Chris just continues to wreck things. Well, that's why I do like... And I mean, you guys know how I work. I I do iterate a lot and I save a lot of versions because... Mm -hmm my way of working is that I don't like things to look overworked if I can help it. And I don't like things to be super clean and meticulously detailed. So I will save iterations. And then as soon as I feel like I've gone too far, I'll usually take a step back or two. And then, and then um, I'll be like, actually it was better with less information. And I'll I go back love the history tool in Photoshop where you can take the, a snapshot, you know, yeah. you do that. That's my favorite thing. It makes me feel like I'm making progress. I just like take a snapshot every like 20 minutes and I'm like, yeah, look at, look what I did. <laughs> Change some colors, move some stuff around. <laughs> That's all my students are doing. Iterate, save and painter right now, which yeah. is similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. I wish I would have iterate saved some of my pottery. Jeez. If only. We should I go know. in that dumpster. Let's go find it. Well, if speaking, I had like a hazmat suit on, iterative, we need yeah. a hazmat suit. I need- speaking of iterative, save and pottery though, you have been working with a 3D program, which is kind of like. The same thing. So you've it's been learning, 3D. learning, and iterate, save, and iterating. It's and true. <laughs> and try not to wreck things. Try not to wreck stuff. It's really hard not to wreck stuff. So everybody's been talking about Google SketchUp and how great it is. So I am late to the party there. But LTTP. Um, yes. So <laughs> that's I, a thing. 
Did you just make that up or is that a thing? Is no, that it's like thing? on an internet thing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. like if somebody's like, oh man, that episode was so good last night. And then you're like, late LTTP. You say it like that. Like I'm I know where a shirt with that on it also. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> late to the party. I'm Francesca's like, here I am, LTTP. I'm going to go to your house, Jenny, and wear that shirt. <laughs> That's like a disclaimer, but it's also a nice shirt. So... I forgot what I was saying. Now. Oh, sorry. You're talking about oh, you Google were talking SketchUp. about how everyone's talking about, and you were late to the party for Google SketchUp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of hard to mess up Google SketchUp unless you're trying to look at like the unless you turn your building around and you look at how many holes and like weird things that you push through the wall onto the other side. Nobody knows what I'm talking about unless you've used that program. But <laughs> it's is very bizarre. Okay, so there is a Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. What is that? Mario Kart music? What is that weird animation? I don't remember. You don't know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking I about. Do I don't that. remember. It's like, about it's like a bunch of Disney things, like, yeah, doing a weird dance in there. It's terrifying. And then Pete gets boiled in a giant pot of red <laughs> stuff. Do you know what, what? I'm saying? I, no I don't think saying. Jenny's seen it yet. I All right, Jenny, well, to... you're going to have to see it. It's some weird thing. But anyway, it's I was going to say video. that is about the extent of my abilities is is the equivalent of my sketchup awesomeness to to that youtube video except for that one's way cooler because it's got music and it's really i scary. guess i'll have to find this video and put it in the show notes because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense it's you've a seen vi- it haven't you it's yeah, a video yeah, that's very hilarious because it is so scary it's like just like it's someone scary. tried to make these 3D renders of these characters, but then they're like glitching out and like their arms are extending out like 10 feet when they're dancing and stuff. And they have that like really weird animation where everything's just like twitching and stuff. So <laughs> That's like me and my sketch. And it's abilities. just like this. It's but it's like Disney characters, but and it's also like horribly practically de- demonic or something. Yeah, know? no, it is. It's, a, it's pretty scary. And then like I think the creator or some other guy's face shows up a couple times and you're like, ha. Ah. But yeah, so I've been using that to do some of the great personality backgrounds, which, by the way, I think is now eight weeks away, a little bit less than eight weeks away. Oh, my God, I'm having like an instant panic attack right now. (laughs) But I said I'd do it and it's and it's happening and it's exciting. So I've been writing all this stuff, but getting the flu and getting my pottery thrown out is just giving me two, two negative points on the Lindsay scale today so i'm hoping that some massive wonderful amazon package comes and makes me happy or that i find that cat that's missing in my house you will find that cat okay i hope so i remember i don't know if i should say this i'll say this on the podcast if jesse listens to this podcast i thought i I lost lex (laughs) the first two days that i had him i couldn't find him anywhere for like two days and i was like freaking out and I think Jesse was still in town, and I was like, "How's he's like? Because you're cat sitting, right? You're cat sitting. I'm yeah. So yeah, I'm cat sitting our friend Jesse's cat. Oh my god, I don't know how you could lose anything in your apartment. (laughs) Well, I don't know either. That's why I was terrified. I was like, "How have I not seen him?" It's very small. And of course, he was fine. I don't know what cats do. They They can flatten themselves into the weirdest shapes and put themselves inside of walls and stuff. Yeah, they really can. I don't actually. To this day, I don't know where he where he was for that time. I imagine he was moving around because I looked everywhere. Well, that's the part that makes me worry about where they're going to the bathroom when they're afraid like that. Because <laughs> you don't know. Because <laughs> you have no idea. Because if they're in your wall, then that's really gross. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, okay. Not a thing. Yeah, you're right. I probably should You'd have just... to knock the wall down. Or just live with it. 
Yeah. Oh, right, which is what is... And then Hoarders comes and then is like, what's wrong with your house? <laughs> and then they take a hammer to the wall? And they're like, like I how found... How are they going to know? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. No, they shouldn't do that. Well, oh. they might hear that. They meowing. might bulldoze your house if it gets too bad. That's scary. Anyway. That's scary. <laughs> so I'm glad well, you found him. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, my gross news this week was I came home and... Lunar's small puppy was so happy to see me and she peed and then ran through her pee and then jumped up and cut my face in half. <laughs> and then with got, pee on her foot. With pee on her toes. Uh, and so now I have a pee face. Is that why your face is like purple today? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's split in half. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it was terrible. And I was like, oh my God, Luna, what are you doing to me? And yeah. she just like continues to put her face or and her pee. paws on my face. Yeah, that's so gross. the worst. That's the worst. That reminds me of when Jenny's I, face is not purple, by the way. Yeah, when I proposed, it was a romantic story. Uh, yeah, I tried to tie a sign to dogs and cats, and nobody wanted the sign attached to them. <laughs> and then I tried to attach it to Twinkle. A cat had already scratched me across the arm because I the cat didn't want it either. And then Twink got so <laughs> terrified that he peed straight up in the air, and it landed on my torn up arm. <sighs> See, this is why oh I'm worried. Gosh. Whenever whenever he rolls over, I've never actually had it happen to me, but I know that if he rolls over, that's like a Yeah, you skunk. gotta run away. That's yeah. like a skunk. You gotta run because like he a will gun pee right in at the air. Face, yeah. yeah, That's what dogs do, mechanism. He doesn't do that much anymore. No, no. I've, I've never seen well, him do it. Well, at least your arm didn't fall off, so now I know my face is Yeah, you'll be, be fine. Okay. But it's, I have seen him roll over when he's scared. It's like nature's disinfectant. No, it's no, not. it's not. What? It's all the rejected matter so it's all yeah it's like a mold it's like when you get stung right? by it's like when you get stung by a jellyfish, jellyfish? yeah <laughs> well that's not good either and, but, yeah but you good. have somebody tinkle on your foot that got stung and no then, and, how yeah, did no, the podcast go in this direction <laughs> <laughs> jenny, uh, jenny started jenny i know jenny pee on a jellyfish what no you don't pee <laughs> on the jellyfish you, <laughs> you pee, pee on, on your, your foot, foot. <laughs> i don't know either of those are good i don't like any of it none of it yeah, you well, just you just have to bring Twinkle with you when you go, to yeah, the beach. to the beach. You just scare him, poor guy, poor, so sad. Hopefully, nobody gets scratched and peed on in the next like coming days. Are we lamenting anything else now that we're on the the raging? I am lamenting the fact that I have not gotten these stitches out of my knee yet, and it's driving me nuts. Are they gonna? Take They're like them out two or little weird feelers sticking out. Yeah, it's like an alien. Well, my knee is healing so rapidly. That they, I'm afraid by the time I get them taken out, they are going to be like a part of me. Yeah, they I'm probably and it's going to do more damage. Ones that just like yeah, I don't know. I think uh, these are these have to be strong. pretty hardcore because they're right on a you, flexing Chris. joint. Ew. I considered it. I have considered it many times. I've like looked at it in the middle of the night because it itches and it hurts. Um, at you, this point, the only thing that hurts is that the fact that I have these stitches in. I think. Can you ask them if you can take them out? It'll probably cost you three hundred dollars less to let me take them out. Right. Well, I mean, either way, like, can you just be like, hey, I think I can take them out now, is or that just okay? take them out and, and don't apologize? Do yeah. I'm sure I could. I mean, I'm sure I could. I think people do. What if they're attached to your kneecap, and if you pull them out, then your kneecap flies off? Flies off? It's like wiggling around in there because it's not tied down. Gross. (laughs) What? Kneecaps are gross. But I'm at the point where I feel like I am recovered and I'm ready to be a little bit more active. But the my knee is so tight because it's like kind of tied up. Yeah, that's with the skin, and I have these two giant nobules knobs with each with an X of <laughs> stitches on the end of it. So I'm waiting to get that taken out. So <laughs> hopefully these gross. knobs will reseed back into. Let's hope. Jeez, your knee looks oh. weird right now. It's got three knobs on it. <laughs> it's got two big like no, eyeballs, it, yeah. like a slug or a snail. What? what are those things? Those feelers that stick out like this. <laughs> Two feelers that are sticking out of Chris's leg. Two 
do not. But it's cool that it healed very quickly. Yeah, so I mean, I guess you can't feel that bad about it. I don't feel that bad. It's just at this point, I feel like I should be doing all sorts of stuff. But the only thing that's stopping me is these stupid stitches. But it might be that I take these stitches out and my knee still feels like it is that would be stretched tight. too tight. So that would be I'm really sure. upsetting. I think anytime you have any cuts on your knees or elbows or joints, oh, and you, you get, get a keloid scar or you you run the risk of doing that because it's constantly stretching it i got some weird um you guys i have like two scars and they are both on my knees and they're from the stupidest things we had like a a desk where you can pull out the keyboard mm-hmm. push back in pull mm-hmm. it up. death traps and you you push it in and as you stand up Ouch. you it slides over and the metal part that's on the side slices you straight across the kneecap Whoa. And I did it twice on both knees. So I have two, well, now many years have gone by, but I did it in high school and there used to be these giant worms. Like it looked like a night crawler <laughs> across my, my knees because Ow. of that. So that's what you get, Chris, except for you get two little weird ones. That's cool. So look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. But, but yesterday is- I was putting some uh, board game components in the snow to take cool pictures. And I was down on my knees. Ow. And it kind of felt good when I was doing it because it was basically like icing my knees. Uh-huh. And then I went inside and then I was like, now my knee is on fire and in incredible pain. Yeah, I don't know. I had to get these wonderful pictures. You should just <laughs> really Check out the blog about <laughs> upcoming game night to see the results from these pictures. But. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't, that, isn't, like the, isn't that the rule? Uh, of photography is you, you have to lay on the ground. I don't think that's exactly what? how help, people help. Help. <laughs> They're like, you just don't stand up and shoot pictures straight out right, of yeah, your face like yeah. that. You have to go lay on the ground, kneel on a chair, hang from the sky, or whatever yeah. other amounts of things. So you're doing it right. I feel like that's yeah, a normal I'm doing thing. it right. Speaking of things that you weren't really into, but then it turned into a crazy time, you guys went to a networking thing mm. that I really wanted to go to. But I was too busy having the flu. What was that like? Um, well, that was my amazing psychic abilities of being like, oh, networking event. This is going to be really awkward. And it always is. So why do you say that? You don't like networking events? I don't I don't know if anybody does. Is there I anybody kind of like them a little bit. I don't know. It was interesting hearing, Jenny, your perspective, mm-hmm. because you were comparing it to a networking event that you went to that was actually really great. So yeah. tell people what it was or what the, the setup was so that they can For kinda, this? Yeah. Um, so it was held in a, I don't know, I guess it was sort of a gallery space. It, it was, was like yeah. a small gallery space and there was maybe like 50 or 60 people there. Um, and then they had catered food and they did like drawing and stuff at the end, but, um, it was sort of a long skinny space. So it was pretty small for the amount of people that were in there. And we were able to talk to some of the board members and also talk to, um, other creatives in the Twin Cities. But I kept comparing it to Icon, which we went to this past summer, which all the events and all the meet and greets I felt were, like were awesome. Like I loved talking to all the illustrators and talking about like programming. Everyone seemed really open and easy to talk to. And like maybe it's because you already knew their work or we've worked with them before or you admire what they do. It seemed more, um, it was less like I'm trying to get something out of you and more like you wanted to get to know them as a person. At which one? At Icon. It seemed very nice and like, I don't know, really exciting. And I think everyone there had a really good time talking to everyone. It was like enjoyable and you knew that you'd be together for the next couple days. And so people were excited. Um, During this, we did get to talk to lots of interesting people, but I felt like it was difficult because we were the ones like trying to pull out information, you know? 
Like we were working really hard. So, for example, if I was in a conversation with you, I'd be like, so how's it going? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And then what would happen? And then they'd be like, I work at a design place. And you'd be like, well, what design place? What do you do there? And they'd be like, oh, you know, just like make designs. And you're like, oh, (laughs) uh, for like who or how or something. Yeah. And they'd be like, hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, all the answers are pretty vague and it also felt like like maybe this is maybe why icon was cool i wasn't there but based on hearing it from you guys and listening to the podcast where you talked about it is it it felt like aside from wanting to get to know other people in your industry like on a networking part it was also you know you're either a fan of their work or maybe they're a fan of your work or maybe you know you just you you guys are into the same stuff so you have something to talk about other than what do you have for me? What do right. I have for you? I, well, see, which- I wonder I I wonder if I would have liked it. I mean, I know you guys aren't really super fans. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I can't know. speak for I think everybody. You might have like a different perspective about I thought one of the hardest things about this one was everyone had name tags on, but nobody had any information about who they were or what they do. Like they didn't have their business or they didn't have like artist curator or designer or anything. And so to talk to people, it was sort of like It felt really random to, like, walk up to somebody and just be like, what do you do? And then try to, like, figure out what you have in common or how you can talk about this. Do you feel like this is what going to bars is like? I'm going to look around this room and and try and ask this question. a bunch of people who don't go to bars. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the other problem with this is... Well, Francesca equated it to... (laughs) <laughs> let's just get, let's just get that out there the alcohol was yeah. kind of weak okay so there's there was no alcohol there well there was some but it was, well, it was called alcohol. the cocktail mixer and there was no cocktails but so. that's no. i also don't think that's really that's not an excuse either i don't think you need alcohol to have it does make it easier i'm sure it makes it easier for a lot of people it does but i think in so, fact they should probably just like give you an injection of some, some people sort probably of narcotic do at the door about it like and I, I made the comparison afterwards. I was talking with you, Chris, about um, going to places to play games, yeah. you know, and like our game night and stuff. And one thing I really like about that social environment is it gives you something to do that has a beginning and an end. Because that's the other thing. When you meet somebody new, it's the hardest part is starting and ending. Because you Your don't conversation, wanna, yeah. Because you're like, I'm bored now. See you later. Except you can't say. Well, that. yeah, but you, right. and you, and no one. And there's a point in a lot of those conversations. Where everyone where wants to. Leave. Everyone, you can tell everyone is like, no I'm one done wants this, to do it anymore. No super polite way to excuse yourself, right? Yeah. Also, the space was so tight that you'd be like, okay, nice to meet you, and then you'd turn around and you couldn't move. And Jenny would just turn around and then pull out her phone and then start flipping through. No, <laughs> well, no, just kidding. That was what we thought we should. You had to like fight to walk anywhere and so like you were sort of trapped with whoever you were talking with oh man right i think that was a huge and you don't want to yeah so it's like you don't want to insult them but how do you you know there's a point where it's like this should probably end now but i don't know how to end it or that's probably why things like like speed dating are popular because then there is like a yeah and if you do want to continue your conversation you can do it you give your number do you think anybody's got that mastered though you think anybody would be like yeah i'm sure there's people thanks for your time this is great talking with you i will talk to you later and then you stare at them really intensely until they run away (laughs) or what right well it is it's also awkward when you are in this particular situation you'd be talking to someone and then you'd end the conversation then you move to talk to someone else and then you'd be done with that one and then you look and you'd see that that person one of the people you talk to was not talking to anyone 
and you're like, am I supposed to go? In? No, that's not your job. Go back and be like, hey, what's like, up? I don't Anything know. I, I have a hard time. <laughs> I don't want to have a conversation where I'm not being sincere. I have a really hard time with it and I feel really gross. Well, it's afterwards. funny because we did talk. We went to this event and we spoke to a lot of people mm-hmm. and I... I don't think any of us there are there to get anything because we're not no. quite in the industry where we're looking for jobs or anything no, like that. No, it's not a job looking yeah. one. The the no. and maybe this is I'm I'm sounding defensive of it for some reason, but maybe it's just because I really wanted to go and I didn't get to go, but those things are supposed to help connect you with other people that do similar things. Well, that's the problem though is that it's so no random who you're meeting that, that you're you are just talking to lots of people who might have nothing to do with anything that you could connect over so well this is a design one so right. it's and not that people be. that draw no but i mean and it doesn't have necessarily to be drawing. but some people did know about like at lab and they've been here too right yeah. and it doesn't even have to be about like at lab like it could just be like oh you make a cool thing what cool thing have you made or i'd like to hear about what you're working on right now yeah like, like anything you'd ask one of our artists you know but nobody really had anything to say on that front oh that's and bad. for some reason a lot of the I didn't talk as much as you guys probably did, but the conversations I did have tended to sway towards negative. And I was like, well, like either complaints about the current industry hmm. situation or like how things are now and yeah. how they compared to how they used to be. And I was yeah. like, maybe you're right. Maybe that's where the cocktails would have been a huge help. Yeah. And then I, I <laughs> did like, I just wanted to talk to people and to hear about just anything, like other, other creative their interests lives, or whatever. Right? Yeah. So I would, right. you know, well, I was talking to people about, you know, like, cause they mentioned they took a class and I was like, oh, you took a typography class. Where'd you take it? How'd you like that? You know, like what kind of, you know, facilities do you like and all sorts of stuff. And that's sort of, that's kind of where I would want the conversations to go myself is just to, to just to talk to people because, but a lot of people were doing what Jenny would say, where they're just like, I'm a designer. And you'd be like, okay, cool. You're like, I gathered that you might be because we're all at a design <laughs> thing (laughs) yes and well i and i'm I'm sure people are just as nervous right everyone's everyone's a creative person who comes out of their shell like once a week to it's really hard to walk up to somebody you don't know and try and initiate something because you're like are you busy are you not busy but everyone's there for the same thing like having some indication of what they do or who they're associated with would be really helpful because there's a couple people that we talk to that were from, or they work on like magazines or newspapers or something. And if I would have known that when I came up to them, I would have started the conversation totally different, you know? That makes sense. Like, yeah, because you would have like, had a oh, second to think. that's really cool. I know about this thing and now let's talk about it or let's talk about your role in it or something like that and mm-hmm. not sort of like fishing. Yeah. So answers. maybe on yeah. like a facilitation kind of situation, it would yeah. have been nice yeah. to have that. I think that, I think you're probably right. Maybe that is something should send an anonymous comment. Yeah. And just see. Well, I mean, what and you did say, though, was that it was pretty uh, interesting to see that a lot of the board members and a lot of the people who were in charge of it was there. And didn't yeah. you guys, you guys won some sweet... We won some raffles, too, yeah. Sweet yeah. stuff. So, that, I mean, that's a big perk for going to a thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, I, I feel like we're being negative now. And it, it is a yeah. fun thing to do or whatever. It's just... It, networking i think a lot of people especially in our positions where we're more creative and less focused on the business side you hear like networking event and you just like your skin crawls and you're just like i don't Lindsay is the one who doesn't like like that (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong i don't go there for it and for i just really like talking to people and i really like talking to people about what they do and who they are and all that and you know my millions of coffee meetings and stuff like that 
I mean, I, I like when people are talking about stuff that they're into. I know you agree. Yeah, I do. And very I, much. And hopefully that's the kind of conversation that would come out of it. I mean, I would be sad too if i walked into a room and everybody was really angry or something like that well okay here and you know and this is probably the one thing that also it was really loud Mm -hmm. and you had to fight to be heard nobody and jenny can't yeah jenny Jenny. was basically like we all repeated what jenny was saying (laughs) you're like i'm gonna write it on this whiteboard i think Jenny, jenny literally said i have a baby voice this is very hard for me and i tried 25 times that night Put my face right on their face. Yeah, she did. Like, like give them a kiss. She did. Like, You're like, come here. Hey. This is very hard for me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know what I do like though? I appreciate that there are people that create events like that because I was complaining the other day about how I feel sometimes like I don't reach out enough that I don't have a place to go to meet other people. Mm-hmm. I in the past I used to to do a lot more coffee meetings with people where I initiated them. So I'll find something interesting. Or just yeah. stumbling around and I'd be like, oh, you know what? I should send this person an email. They look really interesting. I'll buy them a coffee and I'll have a one-on-one. And I think I used to do that a lot more when I had a little bit more free time. And mm-hmm. now that I get requests to do that, I go to those mm-hmm. and I still meet really interesting people. Yeah. It's it, And I think having a networking thing, whether you call it a meet and greet or you call it a networking event or you call it a whatever you know like new members something something or i don't know yeah um, well i think it's nice to have them just because too. then you have and like a I facilitator even said that to the to some of the board members we were talking about it and they were saying that they have upwards of like 65 events a year and they usually have tons and tons of people attending them and i was like well it's really cool that this gives people a community it gives them like an ability to connect especially if it is lots of designers or people who work freelance because that's not inherent to like meet up and as awkward as it might be it is something that wouldn't happen otherwise right Right. and And that's what i i mean is like just to have the option of going which is and i know we thought about it for a long time and i was walking back from coffee and i was like jenny i am trying to psych myself up to go to this thing because I know how awkward it is to have to start conversations. Are you talking about five minutes before? No, no, this is a, a day before, oh, okay. a couple of days before, or something like that. We were going five to get coffee, before, and I was I like, "You were just trying to fight back, vomiting." <laughs> yeah, five minutes before, I was like, "Should I go and Lindsay shake hands and, and barf on everyone, everybody there?" Uh, Maybe yeah, the dread disease. I was like, "What? What's more fun?" But I think, but we were talking about. It, I was like, "Oh, you know, I, I want to go because of what it is." I want to go because I've been a member of this thing for three years and I don't go to any of the events. What is wrong with me, first of all? If I ever expect to be a member of any community, how do I expect to do anything if I don't put myself out there, even in weird, possibly uncomfortable, me initiating conversations with random people mode? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a second, how come I can do that here and I can't go and do that somewhere else? And I'm like, home turf is helpful because you're like, oh, yeah. Well, you also have a job to Hometown do. Advantage. And this is, I, I kind of feel like, I agree that networking events are great. And I'm glad that, you know, they do this kind of a thing and these things happen. But it also afterwards made me reflect a lot on, like, like what what would be a solution to maybe some of the problems that I was having or other people might have been having. And one of the things is, like, yeah, when we have a thing, I have a job which is normally greet people and sometimes introduce people, which mm-hmm. I enjoy doing. Because, it, you know, I get a chance to talk to multiple people, but then it's also, again, it's got a beginning and an end. 
and then hopefully those people can talk and then that's not awkward as awkward for them. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking about like, you know, you said your coffee meetings. I really like talking to people in coffee shops because the environment is a lot more casual. I you don't also have a beginning and an end of your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my coffee's gone. I got to go to the bathroom. Right. See you later. Or, <laughs> and, and you also have that option of you can yell that you can you. decide how much you want to participate because usually when I go to coffee shops, I'm going to work on stuff. Right. And sometimes you have to work with someone else at your table. And sometimes you, if that person is alone and you're alone, you might as well like say hi and how's it going. Mm-hmm. And you have like the weather to talk about or something yeah. if you feel like Here it. is a networking situation that can go wonderfully or horribly awry. And I feel like, I feel like I have had both happen, but how do you feel about talking on airplanes? Oh yeah, I've, I've had, had the best. I've had good. I've had good experiences and bad experiences. Okay, also. <laughs> but that's one of those situations where you sit down and you're like, "Is this going to be a five hour?" It's conversation hard because you don't know when to end it, or you can't end it because you pull out your book. That's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> you I like to, to draw on airplanes, which is like an instant conversation. You starter. fake death. No. <laughs> oh my god. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't do that. I had a really good one though, and I don't even know how it started. Yeah, I, with that surgeon mountaineering man or whatever. I feel like yeah, you oh, mentioned yeah. Like Lindsay, I think I already yes. talked about it. Dream ma- boat. You're my dream boat. But <laughs> <laughs> like how it was an insult. <laughs> but it was it was what the heck, you know? Like if if I I can go to a networking event. I can have a a weird art party here. I can Mm -hmm. go to school. I could go shopping. I mean, there's all these places, but I'm never going to meet Dr. Mountaineering anesthesiologist man ever. That's why a game night. Unless I have surgery somewhere. Why are you making that face, Chris? Do you know what I mean? No, I do. It like introduces you to something totally different. Totally different. Like where would that guy have shown up? Paths otherwise. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. So could have met him at the hospital while I was knocked out. That one guy that was your surgeon, I talked with him for a long time. He was really funny. He He's a funny guy. I was like, what type of camera do you use to inspect the inside of Chris's knee? Wait, when did you talk to him? When uh, you were sleeping. You were, you were passed out. <laughs> so, I mean, and I do think that there are different types. And, and I'll just say this. My, my mom will strike up a conversation with anybody, anywhere mm-hmm. at, you know, like Starbucks or oh, yeah, wherever. Too. You know, and also so, on the bus. Yeah. Anywhere. And so, and what's really awesome about that is, and my dad says it all the time, he says that she ends up, you know, like seeing these people for the second time, they remember who she is. And it's not that she's trying to collect some people or something like right. that. She just genuinely cares about whoever, you know, like she finds some strange connection with like whoever she's talking to, which I think is really cute. Yeah. And so I think there are some people that naturally just do that. Mm-hmm. You, ever, you ever talk to some person like at the grocery store and all of a sudden you're like, Aw, you are nice, yeah. you know. And then there are some other people that you can tell that every particle of their being wants to run away. Mm-hmm. And you are like, I think I'm a combo of those two. Versions. Yeah, me too. Like it if I'm on here or if I'm doing something with like a purpose, I am totally comfortable talking to whoever. But if I'm grocery shopping, I just want to grocery shop and not talk to anybody. Yeah, you're here. Really, I have zero desire to talk to a single person. If I think it's a crazy person. Then I might slowly back away. <laughs> I mean, the other this is, if, but if it's somebody who is mostly intact, then I, not like if I think they're going to harm me, then I'm going to run away. If I, if, but if it's a, a silly conversation, sometimes I'll humor somebody for a little bit too long, you know, or talk for a little bit too long, or for a good long time. 
I don't know. What were you going to say? Well, this is the other thing about that networking event that I, you know, you can't fault anyone for is that a lot of them probably are introverts and it's not like, it's not like it's easy for everybody. It's not easy for them and that's fine. And it also is like the amount of effort they have to put in to do something like that is a lot more than maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody who has had practice. Like we fortunately get practice all the time because we're like hanging out and doing it all the time, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of them don't get to The other have that. thing is I think part of the purpose of it is the community. And so the people who attend it all the time probably feel much more comfortable because mm-hmm. they know and like recognize people in the room. Probably. And that's probably the same reason like when we see, and I'll use the term like this is what we call people in the restaurant, like regulars, people who come in all the time. Um, when we see people like that come in here who support every project and come in, like, of course we recognize them. And so starting a conversation is much easier. Or mm-hmm. facilitating yeah. one between that regular and a new right, person. Right, mm-hmm. Like, you should meet like, this person. Oh, yeah, you guys have something in common or we know your work or any number of those things. I think that's nice. And I, I think it's nice to have sort of a liaison between new people and mm-hmm. not so new people. Right. I think that's one thing I always thought was really awesome about IGDA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those I guys. I mentioned that during the event because I was like, it's incredible when you get into the community or when you like are a part of it, all of a sudden you recognize how large and how important it is. Yeah. I think it's easier to get into the IGDA thing. And maybe it's just for me because IGDA is kind of built around a passion for like games. Right. Any games. So it's more Playing, of like making, a hobby than a job yeah. thing. And everyone there is passionate about games. Right. And so when you get in there, you have a, a very, I mean, I guess at a design thing you can talk about design but that's a little bit harder because video games are more of like a hobby there's all sorts of fun things and yeah yeah, you don't know if they're a photographer they're a print designer they're a web designer they're a you user interface designer whatever blah 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 but at the at the igda it's just like it's kind of like going to a video game convention where everyone feels at home because we're all like we're in a common place a safe place to all celebrate video games or whatever mm -hmm. and there's also usually like the ones we've gone to there's been things like you can try out this new game, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, an and that's exactly what it is. And people come there with games and everyone's like, well, I love games. Let me see what game you brought. <laughs> I, you know, I want to see too. it. Or, you know, well, I think that is also credit to the guys who run it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like we were talking about before, if, if you, I'm going to preach here for one second, but if you are a facilitator of a, yeah, I'm going to waggle my head around like Chris is doing right now. <laughs> but if you are, the facilitator of a networking event of any type, it's like being the the host or the hostess of anything. You you run around, make sure everybody's doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's equally as important to have timing and like a schedule where you're you're letting people know how things are moving. Mm-hmm. You know, just so you're you're slowly moving like the current around in there, and that way you can make sure that people are having a good time. And I think that's what those guys do. Yeah, and they also, they go back to Francesca's game analogy where there's something to do besides stand there and talk to people. Yeah. Because usually they're, you're either at a talk and you all are there to listen to someone speak or you are all there to play some video games. And even though most of the time people just like drink and talk at tables, there mm-hmm. is the focus of these video game stations where you can go up and play yeah. all these different I prototypes really and stuff. I also like games, not only as like an icebreaker thing, but they also like bring out people's personalities yeah they do because you're so focused on like playing the game or winning the game or like 
understanding it that you're not focused on social things and so people get really passionate or really excited or i was thinking of the fantasy flight thing we went to i know the first game we played it was just you me and ian but we did play another game actually we played it a couple times with two new people Mm. you know and i think i mean that was an example of and that was just i mean basically there was one open station and then we both wanted to play so we're like well we're all gonna play it together right and we and it also fortunately was a cooperative game too which i think probably helps but i mean even the competitive games wait it was it cooperative it is cooperative okay like it just um it gives you something to talk about to begin with so you Mm -hmm. don't have to feel like you're like prodding them for information that you need and that's what i was going to say after that event where we were after that um networking event i went to the game store i went to meat hall games to buy some card sleeves and the guy one of the managers there just started talking to me and we were talking about whatever games or whatever and that turned in i don't know how long we were there francesco like an hour or something he well yeah he ended up it turned into a thing and we were talking about design and we were talking about music and we were talking about business and we were talking about taxes and we like literally talked about everything except for games like it started on a game conversation but it turned into an hour-long conversation about everything and he brought me in the back and showed us his pre- screen printing yeah, studio that was cool part. and cool. they have a print, screen printing studio in back and he was showing us how that worked and he was telling us about how they balance all these businesses and stuff like that and so it was this very interesting thing that just started over a shared like I just, a shared interest yeah, yeah he's just like oh you like games well I have no idea how that conversation went. I know. Well, that we he was got the to one... the places. I'm sure Francesco's like, what the heck's going on? Because I no, went I... over and talked to him. And then he's like, come in the back with me. And then all of a sudden, I just disappeared into a back room. And Francesco was just standing there all by herself. <laughs> well, no, I was looking at comics because it also yeah. happens to be a comic store. And yeah. I like comics, which is another thing that I guess I can... To his credit, though, I mean, I feel like that is a really great host also. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference between that game store and other game stores where you walk in and everyone ignores you. So nobody cares about you when you walk in. And yeah, some places you just walk in and they're like, get out of my store. Silent. It almost oh. is like that because it's almost like. I like that. <laughs> really? I just it depends walk on the situation. Well, like, I think, yeah, I, I think there's a, happy, there's a happy medium, but there's some game stores, and I'm not going to mention any names except for if they're good. Meat Hall is great, the source is great. The source you walk in and they say hi and they're very friendly, but they don't ever. I mean, the source is so big that they never like follow you around or pest. Well, because there's usually like, like twenty people in there. But there's other game stores I've been to where you walk in and I literally couldn't tell if there was an employee there because everyone was sitting at tables playing things. No one like acknowledged the fact that I walked in the store. So uh-huh. even if I wanted to buy something, and there's been times where I have wanted to buy things, and I went to the counter and no one came over. That's and it. I had to like stop and ask these people playing a game if anyone worked here. That takes a lot of effort. And sometimes that has happened and I, all I've done is just left. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'll go someplace else. Have you guys ever worked retail? I forgot. No, you guys are no. in food service, right? Food, you yeah, food, food service? service? Yeah. Yeah. All you guys are in food service? Uh, do you consider selling corn on the side of the road <laughs> retail? I don't know what that is, Chris. <laughs> I feel like that is <laughs> That's I don't know. <laughs> so. I've never worked in like a clothing store, or a okay. electronics. Yeah. That's all. Store. That was ever, all my whole high school and some of college. And I feel like that is like the number one thing that they tell you is, is not always to ignore them. just acknowledge them. Always acknowledge people and tell them your two things that are important of the day. Like, and it, yeah, people have sales goals, and you're trying to sell stuff, and you're supposed to check in on people, just like I'm sure you would if you were like waiting a table. 
Right. You want to make sure everybody's okay, you know? Right. You're like, any questions? No? Okay, I'm going to leave you alone now, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I would never go around and be like, you know what would be look like really good on you? These socks. Let's put them on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you need a new shirt. Let us find you one or two or three because whatever's going on but you want to make them feel like it's okay if they ask you a question so you're like hey i'm here here's the things i mean i I feel like that too when sometimes if i ever manage the gallery like when i'm here and stuff and there's a show you greet them you tell them what's going on you know tell them how to have a good time and then let them be yeah Yeah. and there's different types of people and there are people and probably most people want to come in and they just want to like look at the artwork and mm-hmm. not have a giant conversation. But there's other people who do come in for yeah. conversation. and they I do want, want a giant conversation. And, and that's because they like, want to know about certain artists or yeah. they want to know that you're knowledgeable or or, yeah. for example, like I think no matter what, some sort of introduction is setting up the entire tone of your relationship, your tra- your your like tiny relationship with whoever is in there or future relationship with whoever's in there you know like if you're like here's what the show is about here what are here's what our gallery is about have you been in here before Mm -hmm. or whatever and a lot of times we'll be like are you an artist because sometimes you know in an industry like this people who are artists are coming in so then if they are an artist you can tell them about how they can participate in that and they might be too meek to walk up to you and be like hey i'm an artist what do you got to say about that? <laughs> tell me, tell me all your things. Yeah, no, and How I feel can like I be involved? in that case, it's also not. It's not that somebody is trying to be like you know. Let me tell you your list of things you should now do because I have found out you are an artist now. It's not that. It's just like here's a common courtesy of letting you know everything that's involved in this, mm-hmm. and then now I'll leave you alone. You can mm-hmm. decide what you want to do, but but I feel like that is the normal way of being a nice host. You go, here's where the bathroom is. Here's where the food is. Yeah. Let me know if you need anything. See you later. Right. And I think that's the difference in like having a... I'm walking per- to a party. I'm like, where's the bathroom? Where's the food? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you ask is for the bathroom. Well, anytime that I'm at the front door, I'm like, if you have any questions, here, here's what the show is about. Here's a postcard of the next couple shows. Art's over here. Refreshments are over here. And if you have any questions, let me know at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like... That's short enough because otherwise there's a clog at the door. Right. You know? That's, yeah. But, but also, yeah. even when there's, it's not an opening, like, it's kind of like, you do want to, you're going to give them their time to look at right. stuff. You yeah. Know? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but anytime I've ever been to, uh, like, a uh, opening of a thing or, like, um, yeah, grand opening of anything, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody doesn't kind of prompt you for your how you're supposed to act within the space mm-hmm. a yeah. little bit, it's kind of intimidating. Like, I, I've been to a couple of gallery openings where I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing. And if the thing on, if the pamphlet is for sale or if it's something I'm supposed to take or if I'm supposed to, like, go in a certain direction, you know? Yeah. And right. then it looks like people already know what they're doing and you're just kind of like, I'm not sure. <laughs> you just start <laughs> dancing. <laughs> you're like, time to dance. So Nobody told you not to. That's happened. What? That has happened. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You did. That was actually the first time I ever saw you. I was just dancing. You were, yeah. It was. It was also the first opening I ever had. I had Lindsay had a skateboard <laughs> opening for my class, <laughs> and it was at the Tea Garden in St. Paul. And then there, actually, in your defense, there was an actual DJ. I think right. Yes, but there is no place to dance. There, well, you did though. Garden. You found a you place. right in the middle of you eighteen students. <laughs> Whatever. I had to go to all these openings. I just was having fun. Yeah, well, it's important to have fun. It's important to dance if you are into it. I was just, I was teaching these students about my artwork 
Were, did any students dance? I was dance. so scared. I like hid in the corner for that whole thing. Did anyone so know? The only people dancing were me and I think our friend Adam was there dancing. I think he was as well. So no students dance. I just feel you. like if you were in that circumstance again and you saw two fools dancing <laughs> in the middle of a student <laughs> art like, show, I'm sure you'd be like, what is wrong with those people? <laughs> like, <"Shut up." laughs> Tell them to stop right now. <laughs> Would your perspective have changed, you think? It depends. On or you'd been like, I don't know. That's so great. freaking cool. It's I, don't know. I like handle. I like going to places, and you like go to like a little restaurant or something that has like and a two box, and there's like two people dancing. And oh, it's that's just adorable. Like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, well, it seemed. Uh, I mean, I don't per- want him to come and like bump and grind on my table or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> my, my perspective at the time was, it seemed like that was what was supposed to be happening. Like I was like, oh yeah, I guess we had dancing too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, it never, like dear diary afraid. today i went to a dance it, it was didn't awesome. seem like it didn't seem like you just were like i'm bored i'm gonna dance now it was more like oh okay the dj came and then and dancing was happening and dancing started to happen see that's a credit to the dj i was just paying respects to the dj because <laughs> you're, you're like this is so good i can't even help myself sometimes that's how it goes i'm so sometimes it. The it was pretty so bumping that you're just like i gotta dance it was pretty good though because like the the way that space is arranged it's a u-shape with three hallways so if you imagine the shape of a u made out of three hallways so you're dancing in one of those hallways yeah that's actually a really bizarre space really st- how come you haven't tiny. picked up being a dj what i don't know i'm waiting <laughs> why um, would I? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know i feel like all of my friends were djs so i didn't need to be one too have you passed that someone had that dance. time period i don't really like performing i think that would probably be it i think it would be a fine thing to tool around with and like do that kind of thing but i wouldn't want to like go someplace and dj yeah i, I learned a long time ago that i don't like really sharing my musical opinions anymore really yeah i think in high school or maybe even college you you try and like declare oh, yeah. your you music being this. the best music or yeah. something and then eventually you're like you know what nobody cares if somebody asks about what i like then i will tell them but i'm never going to force my music i'm never going to like well, occasionally I still do this. I guess I'll be like, "Oh yeah, Francesca, you gotta listen to the jam now." Yeah, and I'll turn well, it up really loud, and Francesca cool. just like silently listen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> usually something silly like that one guy, Miley Cyrus plus some person. I forgot. Oh no, that's Taylor Swift plus some person plus Apex. Yeah, it's usually yeah, it's usually well, no, not that. One. Sorry, <laughs> Apex Twin. I should have known that. I should have remembered that part of the equation instead of the Taylor. It's Swift usually part. like accompanied by a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, you mean like that damn drops the guy who eats a hamburger? Yeah, the one that is the Oh that that's um, not even some real song. That's just Yeah, a no, it totally is. I love that song. <laughs> I love that song too. Yeah. Okay, also I think my brother might own it. To? Like oh, I think you can buy it now. I know, I did buy it on iTunes. Okay. I think also why? <laughs> it's so Because it's a good song and that guy's deserves my money, yeah. Okay. Was it him? Oh man, I'm it. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> that guy gets your Money for that song? Know. It's probably like 99 cents. I bet he does. I mean, he... 20 cents. Because that's his hamburger that he's eating. Yeah, him and the guys who make the music. Okay, that wasn't just somebody that just took a thing and... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> How did this happen? That, I don't know. How did this happen? Well, okay, speaking of things that are How are they even happening, yeah. Right? Uh, we actually have several things coming up this week week don't we mm-hmm. i don't know if there's several maybe there's just one there's thing several happened. several yeah there's one this oh, week so yes. we just announced the make my holiday partner 
swap. So if you've signed up for that, make sure that you check your email because we sent out a massive email that paired you up with another artist from our um, sign up. And we're super excited. There's a lot of people that are participating. Of course, it is always up to you how much you would like to send, but we definitely encourage you to contact your buddy, see what they're up for, and send them something really nice because that's what the holidays are about. So um, make sure you check your email. And if you have any questions about how to do that, all you have to do is make sure you send your art to your new friend by the 24th. Just get it in the mail by the 24th. That way um, we can ensure that most people are going to get it before the first of the year, which is really good. If you can do it sooner, that's great. Maybe you can get it even before um, some of the holidays are over. So that was a thing. So thanks to everybody yep. that signed up for that. That's awesome. It's our third year. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's super weird. And then what else? Uh, so this Thursday, we're actually hosting Swappy Dazzle at our space. <laughs> yep. And Swappy Dazzle, if you heard about it last time, is the brainchild of uh, Tim... My sister, Victoria, (laughs) and her friend Taylor. And the reason why we're laughing is because the other day we realized that Tim, if you called my sister the tool man, (laughs) and her friend Taylor, if they all stood in a row, we could make a really nice Christmas card. And make a really nice home improvement Christmas card. Home improvement Christmas card with Tim, the tool man, Taylor. So the theme of the party is everyone's just going to go... No, let's not. No. Why did why did he ever think that that was a thing that should be his like tagline or whatever man stuff? No, I don't know. So yes, Swappy Dazzle (laughs) is happening, and uh, that is an Eventbrite sign up. So if you want to be involved in that, there might be a couple spots left, but it filled up pretty quickly. So what it is is a potluck and a white elephant gift exchange and also an ornament making station and so we're hosting the ornament part if you want to come and make something really special we've got all sorts of really cool crafty stuff to make something beautiful yes so and can you explain what white elephant is for anyone who doesn't know or remember sure i don't know where that phrase came from actually i have no idea. i mean i know it's a thing i always forget which one is which though so a white elephant is either something from your house or from like a thrift store that can be like humorous or cheap or okay. I'm not something you don't want anymore. I think it's it not could one be, of those where you like. You can buy it. Where you can yeah. buy it too. Yeah. I don't think it has to be a. It's not one. It's something goofy. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Like you're like, I have these. I was, I was going to say heated socks, but I kind of want that too. <laughs> so I have this. Think of something that. Hilarious. Hel- I don't know. Hold on. I'm good at it. Hold that. on. Hold on. No one knows nope, because everything sounds good right now. I did one right last now. year and I got in the swap, I unwrapped an everyone poops book and a roll of toilet paper. There that you go. is educational. And then you yes. said, where's the toilet? Where's the food? And then you started. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Um, is it, but is a white elephant also the one where you get to like pick a gift? I think it's... Yeah, you pick one based on the wrapping or the size or... No, okay, but whatever. you know what I'm and talking about you, where you... Yeah. Everyone gets to, like, trade, so it's kind yeah, of like you this can't tell it is. It's yeah. kind of like this yeah. metagame, Everybody's too. got different rules, you, you know? Like, some people open them up, and then they're like, I, you have two swaps. 
I'm going to swap with you and then somebody else can swap. You try and get something you actually want you because want to nobody it. wants any of it. Yeah. Well, toilet paper is kind of nice. It but. is kind of nice because you could use that, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> then it's gone. One roll, two days. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like in this case, it might just be everybody has, I don't know. I, we should ask my sister. Okay. I'm sure there will be rules, but I'm sure there's there's also some I'm other... going to go to Half Price Books and, and buy a, see if they have any semi-decent board games to pick up. For yourself or no, for... No, for the White Elephant <laughs> Gift Exchange. Oh, like so you can you try and get it back? Yeah, then I'll just get it back. That's the other thing. You can buy something you want and then just hope that you walk out with it. Or you'll be really sad when somebody else takes it because yeah, it's then the you'll only walk good up thing and be like, It's a really thing. cool thing you got. Pretty lucky for winning. Wish I got it. I'd sure like it. I'd sure like I, it, I, One time I actually bought one of those giant popcorn tubs. Oh, those are the best. See, yeah. I was like, who wants this? What? $4 at Walmart. Kidding? And then I was like... And it was like the most was fought the over thing. item. It yeah. is the best and thing. And everybody flipped out over it. You know what it. else is the best? Meat and cheese trays. Yeah. yeah. That, that's all you we've been talking about. You know what else is the best? 14 pounds of butter cookies that Lindsay bought at Costco for some reason it's a tin it literally is like a treasure chest it is of cookies there must be a thousand cookies in it that's and they're all stacked with their own little like whack um uh, little little cup little cupcake paper cup cup. oh my gosh i want a popcorn box now where do you get those walmart four dollars yeah they Uh, also have the trader joe's i just want all of that that's what i want I, i like all three kinds of popcorn that's in those that's probably good I don't know what happens to that popcorn when it comes from Walmart, though, so I'm not really sure. I mean, it's yeah. popcorn, right? Yeah. It's whatever they swept off is the floor it? the night before. <laughs> is it? It's like pepper seasoning. Yeah. I don't even know. Aww. This dirt This dirt is pepper. So, okay, so I'm sure, okay, I, I'm sure that Swappy Dazzle will not be just popcorn buckets. Aww. I'm sure. Although if it was... Francesca would be there. Party for all. I'm going to have a popcorn bucket. Yeah. So, so that'll be happening this Thursday from... Uh, from seven to eight thirty. Great. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, um, that of course you do have to sign up. So make sure that you head over to our page. We will link to the Eventbrite thing. We will put it in the podcast notes just in case. And there are a couple spots left. So then, what then else? This Saturday, we're actually going to be at um, the Mini Haha Free Space for a craft fair and bake sale which is pretty exciting. So we have a booth at the event, and we will have tons of our projects and prints from past shows, um, artist books, different zines and decks, um, so people can come check those out. And there's also tons of other local artists and makers and desserts and crafts and all sorts of stuff. So you guys are welcome to stop by. Again, that's from 1 to 5. We'll also have gallery hours during that time so also feel free to stop by and check out any of the stuff that's on the walls during that time too yeah if you're wondering what's on the walls right now it is our holiday pop-up shop and so everything that we have right now are um, projects from the last couple of our shows for example we have some skateboards from the skater die show Mm -hmm. Um, we have some jewelry from the omnibus treasury show we have a lot of really great zines from the stack show and then a lot of donated prints and projects. Um, again, we've got Light Grade Tarot, Role Models deck, um, two really great books, In Place book and The Girls book, and a lot of really other cool stuff. So if you are looking for a really nice gift for somebody, uh, stop by. And, and of course, you are supporting really great artists if you decide to get any of the stuff from us, of course. And you're also supporting future projects that we do um, here at Light Grade Art Lab. So whether you show up at 
the uh, mini haha free space or if you come over here uh, before the holidays it all goes to a good place so thanks for thinking of us for that stuff and then on the 21st before that is the 17th which is game night stay frosty is the theme Oh, yeah, that's the one where you got in the snow. And, and that's why I was crawling around in the snow, <laughs> putting cards and dice in the snow and taking pictures. Yep. So if you want to come and play the last game night of 2014, it's uh, Wednesday, December 17th from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Are you going to shed a tear at the end of that one? We're um, going to do a toast at the end of it. We're going to do a toast. We're going to pop a champagne. Are we? No. Spray it on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild party I'll be like you can't have it near my board games go and drink it in the other room I'm gonna spray this yeah. on you outside, outside actually yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah we'll, we'll not do that to anybody and then on the 21st we have our light gray cookie party I have no idea how many years we've been doing this and I keep saying a number well we've only been doing the light gray we've only been doing the light gray cookie party for Since light three existed three years but we before that it was the paper bicycle paper bicycle cookie party and we and that probably was going it. on for a few years before that this might be six year six right which is crazy and exciting because the cookies keep getting better except for the ones that i make because they're exactly the same no, i think i might make the same <laughs> Do you Usually. make the same ones? Every Although year? this year I might be doing something different, maybe. I don't ever do anything different. I'm gonna Let's, make new ones. What are you gonna make? I don't know yet, but I have been looking at recipes. Same. Last year I made cocoa puff cookies. See, that's what I want. I just want cereal <laughs> bars. I want I want you could bars make made out of cereals. Balls. Yeah, I know. That's what you put down. I also I remember a recipe that I made when I was like in fifth grade or something that was a golden graham. Something. Oh yeah, I've had and those they before. were so awesome, and I've been thinking about those. I feel I like, like you could put marshmallows on any cereal, and it would be a bar, and it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Francesca was taking the marshmallows from the networking event. Networking like, event had marshmallows. <laughs> they were homemade marshmallows. They were homemade. What were they? Cinnamon flavor. Cinnamon. Yeah, they were cinnamon really good. marshmallows. But they're the best marshmallows ate, ever had. Like every time I turned, I only around. had two. I only had two of them. No, oh, but you had to like push through a crowded many. room to go back and get it each time. Well, it was worth it. They're really good. And she's like, I'm networking with this marshmallow right now. <laughs> I networked with some marshmallows. That's a good thing that you found somebody there that you could bond with. I was super bonding with that marshmallow. I feel like that's really good. You were networking with some kale chips. No, that was the... Okay. They had dried kale leaves. They weren't even chips. Yeah, they were leaves. They were just with leaves. some like dehydrated kale. But I was like, they were literally like you ground up parsley and rubbed it on your teeth. And I was like, why would you give this to people at a networking event when everyone's going to be that talking to That is the funniest joke. I got like joke. two on my plate and I picked it up and my finger went through it. it so yeah, I they were, I mean, they were like very leafy. Like they were not chips. Ash. That yeah. is the funniest was, yeah. thing. Whoever did that was like, <laughs> So I put one in my mouth and I was like, oh no, this is a terrible idea. And then I was like, now I have five days worth of like broccoli stuck in my teeth yeah except for it was kale except for it was kale so yeah. it was pretty funny though because it was really dark are you gonna bring really... those to the cookie party kale, kale chips kale yeah. yeah i'll just take some like, kale and photos. i'll smother them in uh, marshmallows and then ew, ew. gross <laughs> yeah i don't know if it kale works bars. like that yep so the cookie party is gonna be fun the cookie party will be great and yeah. will not make kale chips um although they probably would be tasty but we'll you can do that in the privacy of your own home so that's on the 21st from 1 to 3 p.m so if you are looking for something nice and warm and fun come get some hot cocoa some cold milk coffee and tea and lots and lots of cookies make sure to bring a big old container so you can take tons of them home and then share them with your loved ones or just eat them yourself so <laughs> <laughs> if you have no loved ones eat them in a dark room alone oh my gosh. Oh. well what, what whichever way you prefer is fine and then 
I keep saying it. We're going to have some calls for art, I promise. So I'll, I'll just Yeah, we should have a couple in the next like week or two. We keep saying that. <laughs> we say that every We say that every week. But we really are going to. <laughs> we have to. Jenny is the... <laughs> we mean it. <laughs> Jenny is a taskmaster, and she's like, look at our calendar. And then I look at it, and I go, oh, yeah, I should do that. We just had to get some... Just a couple wording. A little, little bit of wording correct on some stuff, and then we're good. So it's a nice, long warning that it'll be there. Okay. Yes. Thanks again, everybody that is in uh, Make My Holiday... I will see all of you guys at game night, Swappy Dazzle, and Cookie Party. (laughs) So I'll see you guys at all these other fun things that we're going to have. And uh, stay warm, and we'll talk with you soon. Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Chris. Oh. 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 Oh, my gosh. oh! Oh! You've been gone for so yeah, long. Yeah, Chris has to battle it out now. Right. Okay, go ahead. Me? <laughs> Wait, no. do we start over now? Yeah, it's start over. Oh, okay. You're not just going to say your names. My my name is Chris Heine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? My name is. No, you just say Chris Heine. For some reason, my brain just doesn't let me do those two things because then I get really into it. So. Music's good, but can I go get my omelet? Life is over. Just just roll me up into a carpet and throw me over into a river. (laughs) Carpet? Oh my gosh. Carpet. (laughs) Yeah, that was my only thing that I could think of. I will see all of you guys at game night, swappy dazzle, and cookie party. And game night. Did I say that twice? Mm -hmm. twice. Okay, well, (laughs) especially game night then, okay. Um, And... That's all. All right. Well, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) What was that ending? (laughs) Okay, here. Hold on. (laughs) Forever. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Oh.